And this isn't shocking, but it is offensive. And there's a difference. I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. So you lie to yourself to be happy. There's nothing wrong with that. We all do it. We all go a little mad sometimes. Come on. One of you nuts has got any guts. Let's put a smile on that face. You're only as healthy as you feel. Listen to me! Listen to you, but what right? Because I have a right to be. Uh, I have a voice! Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Pop Culture Case Study. Yeah, let's do it. I'm pumped. Let the healing begin. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Pop Culture Case Study, where we analyze pop culture from a psychological angle, a part of the following films network. So this week, we are taking a look at Kingsman, the Golden Circle. And to do that, I have what kind of feels like a brand new guest at this point, because it's been so long. I have uh, I have Jameson. So thanks for coming back. Thanks for having me back, Dave. It does feel fresh and new to be back on here. <laughs> Absolutely. So for you know new listeners who don't remember you and have no idea who you are, why don't you tell them uh, where they can hear more of you? Sure. You can hear me talking about movies uh, all over the place. Uh, I've got a couple of podcasts. One of them is called Movie Mojo Monthly, where just like it sounds, every month uh, myself and my buddy Brian uh, talk about the big movies of the month. Um, I also have a podcast called Real Films Podcast, where if you are into documentaries, or even if you're not, I challenge you to listen to it, because I will get you into documentaries. <laughs> um, myself and my buddy Jason, who is a documentary filmmaker, uh, review and recommend uh, and sometimes scare you away from uh, various documentaries <laughs> that are out there and kind of challenge you to, uh, to to put your toe in the water if you're afraid of them. Um, and then I also uh, I also host a uh, movie review television show called Real Reviews, which you can find at Real Reviews TV on the uh, on the uh, Twitter. Nice, excellent. Yeah. So yeah, lots of places to hear Jameson. So I hope you like him because you got a lot of options there. <laughs> right. uh, so this week earlier we talked about oh. Stardust, uh, an earlier Matthew Vaughn film uh, before he lost hope in humanity and decided to just make movies like Kingsman uh, and I want to talk about before we get into Kingsman Golden Circle kind of our how we were going into this movie so I will I will go first since I sprung this question on you um, mm-hmm. so I remember seeing the first Kingsman in the theater and being really excited and really happy for about an hour and 45 minutes and then taking a serious right turn on this movie and just being very upset with it uh, because mm-hmm. I felt like it it tried to satirize the spy genre and just fell prey to that genre and became kind of a joke to me like kind of starting with the anal sex joke and then moving to uh to basically making the lead female character a little more than a damsel in distress and i thought like there was a really easy way to subvert these things and you just you completely missed it so about 85 percent of that movie at that point was my favorite movie of the year and then it, i just completely turned on it so given that kind of going into this i was hoping to get that 85% back. I was hoping to get that kind of fun and that kind of enjoyment. Uh, What about you? What's your history with this uh, new Kingsman, I guess now, franchise? Yeah, the first movie um, was, for me, one of the big surprises uh, of Mm. that year. Uh, You know, a movie that comes out that time of year, usually they're not good. Um, Very true. And... (laughs) <laughs> yeah, and, and I was I was pleasantly surprised, and you know, just things like uh, going against cast with Colin Firth as oh, an action great hero. Choice. Yeah, you know, I mean, things like that. I I really enjoyed, and I, I did enjoy a lot of this movie because I do I enjoy a lot of what Vaughn does and his his uh the way he punctuates violence into a movie out of nowhere, like mm-hmm. extreme violence. Um, I and I enjoy that in this movie uh, or the the uh, the first one, the Secret Service. 
I did like quite a bit. I see what I absolutely agree with what you're saying about the uh, female lead. Um, they, they just fell into that schlocky trap, mm-hmm. but uh, I still did. I did enjoy the, the original quite a bit. And for this one, I was guardedly optimistic. <laughs> um, yeah, for various reasons. Like mm-hmm. I want, I go, I, I, I hope it's good. I want to like it, but there's some things in here that that already worry me from the outset. So right. All right, so Kingsman the Golden Circle. So let me start with the positives. I want to start this off on a on a high note. There, I mean, you kind of mentioned this punctuating violence. Matthew Vaughn can shoot the hell out of an action sequence. Like he, yeah. it's really enjoyable. I don't think anything in this movie ever reaches the heights of that church scene in, oh, in the first that's, film. I don't think anything. I don't think anything comes close. It's almost like he he just you know he went too all in on the first one and like where do you go from here? Um, but they're still really enjoyable and really fun. And I also think Julianne Moore as the villain here is fucking fantastic. Like I I I kind of wish she had had more to do, but you could see like her just kind of devouring this dialogue and really enjoying oh, this she's character just, she was playing. The the way she just has that sweet smile, just hey, welcome to Poppy Land. Oh, and she's so just good. sugary <laughs> sweet and just 1950s housewife. You know, and just like, yeah, no, that's great. And meanwhile, she's she's also ordering you to throw yourself into a wood chipper or, you know, yes. just ordering death upon millions of people with a big old sweet smile on her face. I thought she was she was perfectly cast in that. Yeah. Yeah, I totally agree. And I think, you know, I think uh, Taron Egerton was good. I, I don't think he's doing anything fantastic here, but he's doing exactly what's asked of him. And he's very charming and very funny. He really works. Mark Strong is is always good. He's very dependable. Um, I think Colin Firth is good, but I, it was it was kind of a... A part of it is the way this was marketed. And, you know, you could say like, oh, I don't watch trailers or whatever. But like this trailer was everywhere. Like you right. could not miss it. And you knew he was coming back like, you know, months before this movie ever came out. So for them to have these, I think there's two or three scenes early in the film where we're talking about how sad it is that he's gone. And we're all just like, yeah, yeah I'm feeling nothing here because I know he's not. I've already seen him shaving in the mirror in that trailer. And they do throw some curveballs here. He doesn't come back exactly as we remember him. But it actually it actually upsets me that they brought him back at all because that was again an, another subversion of the first one that I really liked that we're following this character the whole way through and he's killed in the first one and it is a shock and we're like yeah. oh wow you really went there but it ends up no we really didn't go there because you just got to wait one more movie and he's going to be back you know and it's yeah. just like what are you doing like actually push that envelope instead of just going well people really liked Colin Firth and of course they do he's wonderful but like we just we gotta bring him back, and I was like, I don't think you need to. I think I think the guy who plays Eggsy has enough charisma to carry a movie on his own. Yeah, it, it, that that absolutely infuriated me, and that was one of the things when I say from the outset things that had me a little worried was that exact thing. Why do you give me the reveal of Colin Firth in the first trailer I see a year out? Because yep. you do the 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 the, the specter of Colin Firth's character kind of hangs over the first 15 minutes of the movie, but it, it really doesn't. I mean, that you're, I'm, you're, they want you to believe that the characters are like, oh, we miss him, we miss him, but the whole audience is going, but he, we, we know, we, he, we've seen him, he's going to be okay. Right. <laughs> and you the way they just kind of, Halle Berry just kind of offhandedly undoes everything from that right. By the amazing way. moment of the first one. Yeah. 
it's just it's frustrating. And Halle Berry has no business in this. Oh God, she, oh, I don't know I what she's like doing. She was like sleepwalking through this entire movie. She really did. Like it's and it's actually upsetting because you know not to give anything away, but like she, her character is probably the only thing close by the end of the film. The only thing close to a feminist moment is what happens with her character. Because man, I That's walked out of this. <laughs> yeah, I walked out of this movie and I thought like, okay, that was fun and the action was great. But uh, I worry about what Matthew Vaughn thinks about women. Like, legitimately, like, you know, in the very beginning of this movie, I mean, this is kind of a spoiler, but Sophie Cookson's character, Roxy, from the first one, is murdered in in one of the opening scenes. Like, they, they brought her out there to look pretty and then get blown up by our villain. Very unceremoniously. And it was just like, I kept waiting for her to come back, and she never does. Spoiler alert, I guess. Yeah. And, it, and then you have this whole kind of really ugly subplot of like well we have to get this tracker inside of this woman so we essentially oh have God. a finger banging scene you the, know from point of view of, of her crotch and i was like there's no reason this has to happen other than like oh i get it you're trying to be shocking and this isn't shocking but it is offensive and there's a difference that was the most blatantly offensive thing too yeah it's just, just like let's write an entire scene where Eggsy and another guy are competing yep. to see who can finger blast this lady. Yep, and in, and we're supposed to feel bad for Eggsy in that scene because he's having to cheat on his on his girlfriend. And I'm like, really? I'm supposed to feel bad for this character right now? Like, no, I'm sorry. Like, it just it really rang false. And like, I can't imagine being a woman in the audience in this movie and yeah. and enjoying some of this because the way women are treated here is terrible. I mean, Julianne Moore's character, I mean, she's the villain, so you know some bad stuff is eventually going to happen to her, and that's fine. But, like, Halle Berry's character is nothing. Sophie Cookson's character is dispatched. And then we have this other side character who is essentially there to have something inserted inside of her. That is her only role <laughs> that's it. in this movie. And I was just like... Guys, what are you we are doing? You are a plot device, and that is it. And it felt like – it was interesting because it felt like there were – Matthew Vaughn had two very distinct responses to people getting upset about the misogyny in the first movie. And one of them was, I thought, an interesting choice. It's revisionist history, but they have a moment with Eggsy and his and his girlfriend where she says, you know, if you save the world, you know what that means, which makes her out to, out to be this character that not only enjoys sex, but anal sex is something she is choosing – and I thought that was interesting. So it gives her a little agency. But then he like doubled down on the misogyny in this movie. And it was just like, what? you got to pick one. You know what I mean? Like make a choice. So it's like that whole scene. I had kind of heard about it before the movie. And I was like, it can't be that bad. But uh, I was wrong. It was. Oh, yeah, it totally is. <laughs> I I mean, I'm not I am. I am no wilting flower. I do not offend easily. But that scene, I was like, there's. There's just no place in here for this. It it, right. it it just felt so egregious to be there. And for that to be like a central plot point for a good chunk of the movie was like, all right, brother, the one, first one in wins, I guess. Yeah, like, ugh, what God. Is, what is going on here? This is disgusting. Yeah. Uh, and, and all because she's the ex-girlfriend of the guy we're going after. So we, she deserves it. Yeah. Like, no, ugh. what? No, this is ridiculous. And to me, it felt like a lot of this movie, um, whereas like you mentioned the church scene from the first one, and that is an iconic scene and a scene that comes out of nowhere and is just ultra violent and just really is the Matthew Vaughn style, quote yeah. unquote. It just it's 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 memorable. And then, I mean, immediately as soon as it ends, 
then you get the memorable moment of Sam Jackson just blasting Colin Firth in the eye. Yep. And it's like, whoa, whoa, what is going on? The whole complexion of the movie has changed. This movie, it felt like he was going more for, to me, it felt like he was going more for quantity over quality yeah. as far as the action sequences and just kind of everything being thrown at you. It's like, okay, it's not, we're going to, we're going to undo certain things. We're going to, we're just going to keep throwing things at you as far as the action beats and there's going to be more fight scenes, which I, you know, I love them. They're great sure. chore- yeah. choreographed fight scenes, but we're just going to keep throwing them at you. And, and unfortunately I, I didn't feel like a lot of it landed like the first one did. Yeah. And it's, it's unfortunate because I feel like the best action sequence opens the film. I yeah. think that hand-to-hand combat inside of that taxi is excellent and really well shot and funny and exciting. And I was like, and actually the first five minutes of this movie, I was like, oh, I'm going to have fun. Like, this is going to be great. And it still is fun, but it just, it never really gets there. It, it it feels like this is, for me, it just felt like a movie that like, well, the first one did really well, so we have to make a sequel. And it didn't feel like there was a lot of thought behind it. And that's really unfortunate. Because I, I like a lot of the performances. I also like, um I thought Jeff Bridges, I mean, of course, just kind of playing himself here, right. but he's so good at it. I liked Pedro Pascal, although his... <laughs> His plot twist near the end of the film felt like, uh, we're just going to throw this in here because we need, yeah. we need another fight sequence. Uh, but the fight sequence with him with the lasso, I mean, that stuff was all really good. I mean, it was, that was enjoyable stuff. And it was a, it was an interesting twist to have these, like, you know, we had the statesmen and the kingsmen. I thought that stuff was really cute, you know, that, that mm-hmm. worked. Um, but it just, it's a movie that I feel like the farther I get away from it, the less I'm going to think positively on it. Like, it just feels like it just kind of fades in your memory really quickly, where it, because it never has a truly iconic moment in this movie. It's just like, and then this happens and that happens and nothing stands out really as a terrible sequence, but nothing really stands out as great either. It just kind of lies there in the middle. Well, and, and there's two th- two things I have to say about that. Is the first one is that I thought that as much as I enjoyed Julianne Moore, that the villains in this movie paled in comparison to the villains in the first oh, one. Yeah. And I mean, it's tough when you have Samuel Jackson affecting this weird lisp and still being psychotic, along with the amazing visual element of his female sidekick with the blade oh, legs. So awesome, right? I mean, that's those that's great villains. And this movie I thought lacked those villains and. And so that was a huge part of it is that you introduced this cool sequence at the beginning with a former, you know, Kingsman fighting, but then he kind of just kind of is put to the side for a while. And I don't feel like any dynamic villain step forward as much as I enjoyed Julianne Moore. Right. It was her lackeys doing all the work. Yep. And so I, I it felt that was kind of weak. And for me, the, the one thing that stood out when I leave the movie, the thing I'm talking to people about it is, but Elton John was pretty awesome. <laughs> Boy, they really milked that. Uh, oh man, his appearance I mean, as much as possible. But he looked like he was having a great time. So that like absolutely. brought me along with it. Like I had these moments with his with him showing up where I was like, "This is fucking dumb. This is stupid." But he carries it off so well that it doesn't even matter. Like it's just like that's fine. We're having a good time with this. It's fine. And and I've been like relatively negative on this review so far, but I do think this is an enjoyable movie. It's a fun time out. So if you're not, if you're like just looking for a movie to be entertaining for a couple hours, it definitely doesn't need to be as long as it does. Like there's a lot of sequences here that could be trimmed. Like they, they have a bunch of stuff where it's like, let's review the first movie. Like let's review everything that's happened. And you could have cut out 15 minutes just there. This movie's two hours and 21 minutes long. 
that is unnecessary for an action film. Like in my mind, unless it is a five star movie, an action film should never be longer than like an hour and 50. Like this is another 30 minutes past that. And it's like, guys, you know, you need an editor at this point. Like, let's let's settle down. I don't need the fourth scene of Colin Firth seeing butterflies. Oh, jeez. I don't, I don't but you know what? It's funny because I've kind of been complaining this year that it feels like this year I've seen way too many movies that have action sequences set to 1980s hit music. Mm-hmm. Um, it feels like this is the third or fourth of those I've seen this year now. Yep. Um, it still kind of works for me. <laughs> I think <laughs> still. I think actually Matthew Vaughn has a gift for choosing music. For his sequences, they all really work. There's a there's a country cover of a very well known song near the end oh my of this, God. and it is fucking fantastic. Like I was just like, you know, again, even even when I was like carrying all this baggage and all these things had already happened in the movie, I could not help but smile during that sequence. And it's just like really, I, I never it's a lot of fun. I never thought John Denver would come into play during high action sequences. Here's here's th- the thing though: can we be done with John Denver? Now, this is the third movie this year yeah. that is yeah. used country. What? How is this happening, James? I don't understand. Like, it's like you know, it was it was like you know when uh, what Deep Impact and Armageddon came out, and it was yep. the same yep. movie. Essentially, I mean, they're not the same movie. Volcano but and same, Dante's Inferno. Yeah, it, but it's happening. This, there was you know there was uh, the new Alien movie. There was Logan Lucky, and now this, and they're all like major plot points. Like, how I does see, this happen? So where all these writers are like, yeah, you know what we really need here country roads like i blame channing tatum because he's in he's two, in two of them films. yep but at least in logan lucky it takes place in west virginia well that's the thing is they first start singing it when they say we're going to america we're going to we're kentucky going to kentucky and they start singing country but, roads like that's a west virginia song guys yeah. i mean it makes sense because I mean, they're british they don't know the difference yeah, I was gonna say, <laughs> if i'm going to england i'm gonna sing any song about london because yeah. all of england is london exactly so london calling will be the first thing yeah yep. absolutely. <laughs> yeah so it sounds yeah. like we both kind of enjoyed this movie but it, it didn't exactly wow us in the same way that the original did is that fair yeah that's fair i still enjoyed it and i would I, yeah i had fun with it um but yeah the first one was I enjoyed it quite a bit. Yeah. yeah. Well, this one, I want to go to spoilers real quick. So it's... the things we were kind of talking around, we can actually get into. Spoilers. What? Read ahead. Spoil all the surprises. Not peeking at the end. Isn't traveling with you one big spoiler? That's classified. That's what? It's classified. I could tell you, but then I'd have to kill you. So, um, let's see. So I, I really did enjoy the last fight sequence, but what did you think about, you know, you have Mark Strong singing Country Roads while standing uh-huh. on a on a landmine. What did you, like, I felt like that should have some more emotional weight. And I just, I wasn't there. And I don't know if it was because, like, this movie didn't bring me there or if I'm dead inside. Uh, what was your reaction <laughs> to that sequence? Um, it felt kind of unceremonious to me for Mark Strong. His character was kind of built in to be the backbone of this movie. Yeah. Um, and he's a character, he's a character actor and a character that I really like. Sam. Um, and you know, I, I, not to mention that it was also like the second time we had country roads in this film yep. alone. Yep. And, and so it's like, Oh, come on. But he's guys. got a decent like, voice. So give him that. Oh, he's got a great voice. Yeah, I'll give, I'll give Mark Strong that. <laughs> um, but yeah. And it was just kind of, 
it was it was halfway there for me. Like right. It was half the emotion of just like, oh man, he's making the sacrifice. And as he's standing there, just standing on the mine, cutting down the cutting down the uh, the vines around him to reveal himself, and just <laughs> belting the song. I'm like, all right, but you know, and then you don't even. The explosion is just kind of heard from from another building. Right. Like, yep, he's dead. Um, yeah, it didn't quite make it there for me. Yeah. It's, it's unfortunate because I really like Mark Strong. Yeah, same. I mean, I think he's actually one of my favorite parts of both of these movies and very much plays the – if you're going to go with the James Bond references, very much plays a Q-type role. And he's enjoyable and charming and – good to have around in these movies and it and i know they want to make a third one and i just i just don't know how much fun it's going to be without mark strong if it's it's halle berry and channing tatum like i don't know if i need that yeah it's okay okay so speaking of halle berry the like quote-unquote feminist moment is by the end of the film she is now a real agent and she's going to get to go out in the field but that's something we don't get to see the rest of the movie she is just kept at bay and like just like you stay here in the office (laughs) little lady you know we'll, we'll be fine out there in the field and that whole moment with uh with pedro pascal's character with whiskey where I feel like they could have set that up better in a subtle way, but instead it was just like, you know, he almost dies, here's the picture, and then two minutes later we're going to tell you the whole story about yep. what happened and why he hates drug addicts. And it was, and it's interesting because I feel like this movie, you know, for as ridiculous and over the top it is, has some interesting things to say about how we view people who are arrested for drug offenses. Like there's, mm-hmm. there's you know, the, you know, I think in a – in a different time, like three or four years ago, we would say the president here is an over-the-top villain, but given the president we have now, it's kind of hard to say that. But this kind of idea of, like, just let him die. We won the war on drugs, and, yeah. okay, everybody wins, you know, and then bringing up the idea of, like, there are people who are experimenting, there are people who use drugs to be able to do their job. Like, I thought it was really interesting, but it just never really lands. It, like, I feel like they went just – because it's such an over-the-top movie, it becomes very difficult to take it seriously. Yeah, absolutely. And one of the things that I, I kind of appreciated, um, we have a running gag on Movie Mojo Monthly about Channing Tatum and his <laughs> his um, uh, cardboard cutout style of acting, his very wooden <laughs> style of acting. He certainly and can I, be, yes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's actually a guilty pleasure of mine because I, I realized – very recently that I've seen like 95% of his movies right. for as much as I hate it. <laughs> um, but they, they kind of wrote him out of this movie. Yeah. They're like, okay, He's now barely go, go in night chatting. He's barely <laughs> in it. I was like, like from the okay, trailers, I thought, yeah, like that actually, I'm, I'm actually becoming a fan of Channing Tatum. I think he's improving a lot. I think he's really good in Logan Lucky. He's obviously good in the Magic Mike movies because that really is his bread and butter. Uh, and I think he's a really good comedic actor, much better than he is a dramatic actor. Much better, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, they put him in, in at kind of the forefront of a lot of these trailers and he's in like three scenes. And you're just yeah. like, uh, oh, okay, so you just used his name? I guess, man, like it's, you know, uh, I just, I wish I kept, I kept thinking like, man, I wish this was just a little bit better. It just kept missing the mark for me. Like there, you know, there's so many moments that are almost there and they, they just never quite, it never quite, quite grabbed me, unfortunately. Yeah. I I wonder why that is because it did feel like he was kind of 
really just trying to recapture the formula that he used in the first one. And, and I think and, and that's that why. To work. I think that's exactly why. You is think it, he stuck too close to that? Yeah, it's that he's not, he's not really trying anything new or different. He's just kind of recycling what worked for the first one. And that's going to get you, you know, and I use this word a lot, and I think it has a really negative connotation, but it's not necessarily negative. It's just right in the middle. This gives you a mediocre movie. It's just kind of like, it's just good enough. You know, and that's how I felt during this. There is, aside from that one scene, there's nothing in this movie that's truly upsetting. And there's also nothing in this movie that is truly, truly exciting either. It just kind of plays it safe, which is a very strange thing to say about a Matthew Vaughn movie. Yeah, you know, but that's kind of something that he has done. I mean, he did, you know, he, he, I guess he didn't do Kick-Ass 2, did he? He didn't. Yeah. I was going to say, I was going to say Kick-Ass 2 was also a huge letdown. Right. Uh, coming off the first one, but he, he was not part of that. Um, it, the, the other thing that kind of bothered me about that is kind of the same thing as you're saying is that he played it safe is that this felt the, the plot, the ultimate goal of the bad guy felt very, very similar to the first one yep. where I'm going to infect the masses. I'm going to affect all of you know humanity with this affliction and then I, I will take over power i'm gonna somehow it's the uh it's the 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 same thing that jim carrey did as the riddler i mean it's also the same this. thing that jack nicholson did as the joker in that's all i kept thinking during this plot was this like into the city and then yeah. and, and then, then you'll they'll need have me. to come to me yeah and, yeah. and, and like, so uh, it did feel like we've kind of recycled this ad nauseum i yeah. mean there's been bond movies that did this and i know like you said at the beginning this this franchise felt like it started out spoofing those style of movies, and now it feels like, oh yeah, we can totally make those. Yep, we'll just take old Bond stories and redo, modernize them. Yeah, and I think it really. It I just want to mention one last time. This really speaks to how good Julianne Moore is because this character has no business being interesting in the least. This is something we have seen a thousand times. We've seen this plot before, but she just owns every moment that she's on screen and i just kept wanting to go back like can we can we oh speaking of rehashing like we also have the like manner maketh man scene all over again like it was just like (laughs) and i get it like this time he gets his ass kicked that's hilarious but it was just like okay yeah we've done this like branch out do something new take a risk and that's something that matthew vaughn usually does is take risks whether you love him hate him or don't care he is not someone who usually plays it safe so that's why i think in the end, this becomes even if it's not a bad movie because it's not. It's disappointing. Do you do you think that it's Matthew Vaughn just trying to provide the studios and the masses what they want, and just like, all right, I'll make that, and then, I mean, it, do you think that it's something along? I, I mean, along the lines of him just kind of like, well, I'll just try and deliver another one of those for them. And then maybe that will get me, you know, build a bridge to being able to do something else that I want. Um, so I, I see what you're saying. I obviously I don't know, never met the man, yeah, right. but right. I don't think so because of the way he's kind of talked about these properties. The fact that he wants to make a trilogy of Kingsman movies. And recently yeah. he said he wanted to do a Superman movie. And then he said he right. wanted to do a Fantastic Four movie. And then he Ugh. said he wanted to do a young Wolverine movie. Like he just, apparently he really wants to get in on these properties. So it doesn't feel like, let me give you what you want. So I'll make a bunch of money and then I can make my passion project. He seems really tied into this studio system. I would, by the way, when when he was mentioned with the Superman movie and the fact that he said, I want to make a bright Superman movie. I, no. That's all I need to hear. Those are the words I heard. Like, okay, bright, I'm in. 
Yeah, exactly. But I just think, like, we're getting a little bit off track, but I'll say my piece about Matthew Bond doing Superman. Yes. I just think he's too cynical. We already have a cynical Superman movie. We have Zack <laughs> Snyder true. doing this it. You know true. what I mean? I don't need another one of those. Give me someone who kind of understands the lighter side of this and the heroic side as opposed to the tortured side. Like, you know, that may have its value. People have its have their split opinions on things like Man of Steel. And it was definitely, if nothing else, an interesting different take on the Superman story. But I would like mm-hmm. to see, you know, more of a Richard Donner version of Superman one uh, more time. I think that would be fun. But But I just don't think Matthew Vaughn is the guy to do that. Superman talk. All right. Yeah. All right. Um, so before you go, why don't you tell people one more time, maybe how to contact you on Twitter? Uh, just type in country roads, take me home. Uh, I think that's too long. Uh, <laughs> oh, dang it. Uh, yeah. Just find me. If, if you're looking for any, uh, any of the things that, uh, that I post, just go to at America's co-host. It's the easiest way. I post links to all my junk on there. So at America's co-host, uh, come find me. Uh, I promise a good time. Nice. <laughs> For a good time, Paul America. Amen. Yeah, man, I feel, I feel like I haven't talked to you in forever. <laughs> we have not talked since the great Baywatch film. Oh my God, was that the last? Wow, yeah, it was. I thought I was. I thought you'd cut me Ooh. out after that one. I was like, I think. <laughs> is I think, that your fault? <laughs> I think that might have been it. Like, if, if Baywatch is the last film I ever review with Dave, I guess I'll that's have to accept brutal. it. Brutal. <laughs> I would never have you go out like that. That is that's just cruel. I mean, I'm mean, but I'm not that mean. Fuck. Stranger to blue waters. Dark and dusty, painted on the sky. Misty taste of moonshine, teardrops in my eye. Country road.